0: You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion Series by author P. H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Leviticus chapter 11, verses 1 through 43, Dietary Laws. It's believed that prior to the flood, all people and animals were vegetarians. But immediately after the flood, when food was scarce, God allowed the eating of meat, although blood was forbidden. He says the fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and on all the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground and on all the fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. At that point, there were no such distinctions as we find here, yet they still seem to understand the concept of clean and unclean animals, since Noah took seven each of clean animals and birds for sacrifice, and only two, male and female, of each kind of unclean animal on board the ark. Genesis seven3. But now they cannot eat whatever they want. These specific dietary laws were given to Israel to further emphasize their distinctiveness from the countries surrounding them. Such differences would make it difficult to interact with the surrounding pagan nations, which was God's intent. This social barrier helped to keep up the religious barrier. They were to obey all that God commanded them, regardless of whether or not they agreed with it or understood the reasons for it. This section is repeated in Deuteronomy 143 3-21, which also adds that they are not to eat anything that has been found dead. Since it would be unknown how it died, there could be disease associated with it. Animals to be eaten were to be killed in a prescribed way. I researched the modern kosher diet and found some differences from this chapter. Here it is concerned with which meat, fish, and fowl may be consumed and which ones are forbidden. Modern kosher diets take into account the many other foods and food groups we now have to choose from. It is also concerned with how the animal has been killed, processed, and prepared. All traces of blood are still forbidden. The modern kosher diet divides foods into three main categories meat, dairy, and parave, or neutral. Parave is spelled P-A-R-E-V-E. In regards to meat, the list is consistent with what we see here in Leviticus chapter 11. Dairy is allowed, but must come from the ruminant animals included in the list, and is to be eaten separately from meat. Although this command is not in scripture, they have inferred it from an earlier command to avoid boiling a kid goat in its mother's milk. Uh, Deuteronomy 14.21 and Exodus 23.19. This is believed to be associated with some pagan practices. Ruminant animals may be eaten, with the exception of camels, uh, rabbits, pigs, and hyraxes, which are sometimes called conies or dassies. It looks like a large guinea pig. Other animals forbidden were horses, donkeys, lions, and tigers. Fish of all kinds with fins and scales may be eaten, but all other seafood is forbidden. Many birds are allowed, but scavenger birds that ate carrion such as vultures were to be avoided. As with many of the laws, there are health benefits as well, but these were secondary to the spiritual reasons of obedience and separation from the pagan nations around them. It wasn't merely a prohibition against eating certain things, but even touching them or any vessel would make a person ceremonially unclean until evening, particularly if the animal was dead. They could eat certain insects like locusts, provided they were not flying insects. Creatures such as weasels, rats, lizards, snakes, alligators, crocodiles, and millipedes were also forbidden. To eat such things would defile them and make them ceremonially unclean before God. Although food in itself is a neutral thing, spiritually, it is typical of sin, which was spiritual and moral uncleanness. Verses 44 through 47, the spiritual reason for dietary distinctions. In all these laws of separation, dietary and rituals, and later clothing and cooking, The Israelites were being taught that even in the mundane areas of life, obedience was essential. These were simple tests, like the test of fruit in the Garden of Eden, that would teach self-denial and submission to God's word. They were being taught the difference between clean and unclean in God's eyes. These were daily illustrations that they were different from the surrounding nations that had no such distinctions. They were being taught to live God's way. These external separations were to demonstrate their abhorrence of sin. Personal holiness was to carry over into ceremonial holiness. God ties it to his character. I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. Do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that moves along the ground. Consecration is setting something apart for a higher purpose. The theme of holiness is throughout the book of Leviticus, and this distinction and characteristic is commanded because they were to be like God, who is holy. This phrase, I am the Lord your God, is used for the first time in this book here, and will be repeated 50 more times, along with the claim, I am holy. Holiness is another word we hear in Christian circles, like glory, that is hard to define. DA Carson asks, when the angels cry, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty," in Isaiah 6:3, do they mean moral, moral, moral or separate, separate, separate or something else? Don Stewart of the Blue Letter Bible.org summarizes these concepts. Only God is holy. The main idea behind holiness is separation. God is separate from all sin. He is perfect in his nature. His character is one of flawless moral perfection. Holiness has a positive and negative side. On the positive side, he always does what is right. On the negative side, he is separate from all sin. Believers are commanded to be holy as God is holy. It is a characteristic that describes God alone because he is unique and perfect. It also describes his other characteristics his is a holy jealousy, a holy anger, etc. Anything other than God who is described as holy has a derived or secondary holiness. Holiness can also describe things that are set apart for sacred use like the priestly garments, furniture and utensils of the tabernacle. But to go back to our text, God reminds, us, reminds them of the Exodus and tells them that the reason they were brought out of Egypt was to have a relationship with God, and again, to be holy. He says, I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. The five books of the law, the Pentateuch, contain a total of 613 laws. 365 are negative, to abstain from an act, and 248 are positive, to perform an act. There are ceremonial laws relating to sacrifice and worship, civil laws relating to community life, and moral laws like the Ten Commandments, which deal with our relationship to God, the first four, and our fellow human beings, the final six. It's the moral law that is universally written on the consciences of people, not the dietary or ceremonial laws. And while all of them work together, to convince us that we are sinners completely unable to keep them and in need of a savior, it is the moral law alone that speaks to issues like lust, hatred, lying, theft, and adultery, not whether or not we should eat fish with scales. In order to have a New Covenant perspective on it, we need to see what the New Testament says about it. According to what we know of Jesus, He personally kept the Old Testament laws perfectly, so that would have included the dietary laws. However, he commented on the fact that what was more important than what passes through your digestive system is what comes out of your heart. Are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. Also we have Peter's vision in Acts 10, 9-16 which showed him that all foods were now permissible. God says, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. The Jerusalem Council in Acts 15, 19-20 didn't mention any dietary restrictions except that they specified we should still avoid blood. And dietary uh, Failure to keep dietary laws is never included in the list of sins. Paul called Peter out on this hypocrisy because even though he understood this to be true, yet he feared the Jews and avoided sitting with with the Gentiles when they were around. Galatians 211 21 And Paul said, All things were permissible if received with thanksgiving. He says, If I take part in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Paul also said, But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat, and no better if we do. Thus declaring food neutral spiritually. And, he said, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Our relationship to food is different than in the Old Covenant, so enjoy those bacon-wrapped scallops. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or the Gospel do we find in this chapter? Pigs and their meat, pork, was considered unclean and was forbidden. The prodigal son's situation was seen as especially abhorrent because he worked for a Gentile pig farmer and was so hungry that even the pig's food eventually appealed to him. The Pharisees who were listening to the story would have been disgusted by this. Luke 15 Locusts were an approved food. John the Baptist's food uh, diet consisted of locusts and wild honey. Certain unclean foods were to be avoided because they represented sin and uncleanness. Sin is to be avoided, and holiness is to be embraced and pursued. Some restrictions are specific, naming the animals that can or cannot be eaten. Others are general, simply identifying characteristics, since this is not an exhaustive list of all animals in creation. They were expected to think and discern based on the knowledge they were given. Likewise, believers are called to walk in holiness and use discernment and wisdom, since not every conceivable sin to avoid is listed in the New Testament. They were to not only avoid eating these foods, but to avoid touching them as well. To avoid sin, we must stay as far away as possible from it. One of the reasons for holiness was their redemption from slavery in Egypt. We are to be holy because we have been redeemed from our slavery to sin. Because Jesus perfectly fulfilled the law on our behalf, we are no longer under the Old Covenant stipulations and distinctions, specifically related to the sacrificial and ceremonial laws, including dietary distinctions, since they were shadows of good things to come. We have liberty, but we must not misuse this liberty to make a weaker believer stumble. You've been listening to the Bible Companion Series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Leviticus chapter 12. May God bless the study of His Word.